Like I said, this morning we're going to be picking back up in, in Genesis here. We got down in Genesis chapter 37 uh, and, and started going through, uh, what was it, verses um, 18 through 24. And there was a few, a little bit more I wanted to say in these verses here. But just to kind of bring us up to speed and remind you of what we've got going on here in chapter 37. Uh, at the beginning of chapter 37, we find uh, Joseph being uh, not quite the youngest son of Jacob, but the uh, the firstborn of Rachel, uh, or firstborn son through Rachel, uh, who was Jacob's uh, favorite, if you, you as far as his wives go. But uh, but we have we have Joseph here in in. And at the beginning part of the chapter here, we see uh, him being out with some of his other brothers and, uh, and bringing back a bad report upon them. And once again, uh, showing us this buildup as far as this hatred that his brothers has towards him. Uh, then we have uh, Jacob making Joseph a, a special coat, one that shined above all the others, showing the, the uh, significance that Jacob put into Joseph here as far as him being above his other brothers. And once again, we see how his brothers hated him because of that. And then we have jo- Joseph having two separate dreams, both of them of which shows that his brothers will bow down to him at some point in time. And once again, we see how his brothers hated him for that. And then we get down into verse 12, <coughs> and we find where Joseph was apparently sitting around the house, uh, as what was made mention of last week, you know, when, when later on uh, after this we see that he, you know, they called him a dreamer, as in the aspect that he had nothing else to do but to sit around and dream. Uh, but anyhow, we have uh, in verse 12, we see Joseph sitting around the house while his brothers were out uh, tending the flocks and feeding them uh, up in Shechem, which they actually had moved to Dothan, which we'll see uh, in the passages following this, which was a few days' journey uh, away from, from where they were at. So it wasn't like that they left that morning and he was just sitting down in the, in the house and, and they were supposed to be back that evening. This was, they were gone for a couple of days here. And yet Joseph is with his father at the house versus being out uh, with the flocks as well. But anyhow, as, he, as, as Jacob sends Joseph off uh, to, to, to check on his brothers and for him to bring back a report as far as what's going on with his brothers and, and don't know exactly what was happening here. Maybe it was taking them too long and, and he just wanted to see what was happening and make sure they were all right. <clears throat> but anyhow, we have Joseph leaving the house, and he goes up, and he finally finds his brothers out in Dothan, and his brothers see him coming from afar off, and we see how they they have started to plan to kill him. Says, "Man, we're going to take him, and we're going to we're going to strip him of his coat, and we're going to kill him, and then we'll, we'll we'll say that some wild beast got him." And uh, and and we see uh, in in verse. 21, 22, that Reuben had, which is the oldest uh, son that, that Jacob had here, 
he he finds out what these what his other, what his other brothers here are planning to do to Joseph, and he says, "No, let's not kill him. Let's not have any bloodshed on our hands." And the passage points out clearly for us in in verse twenty two that he had, you know that he he didn't want them to kill him. He just told them to throw him in a pit, and his his intent was to go back and get him and bring him back to his father. Um, and, and finishing up that portion there up to 24 here, we find that, that apparently Reuben had talked his other brothers into doing just that. They, so when he come in, they, they stripped him of his coat and threw him in this pit. All right, so we've got that going on. But what I was, where I'd left off at in those passages there was wanting to, to talk about and think about why Reuben may have had the, the idea here in not wanting to kill uh, his brother Joseph. What was some of the reasonings that you might think of on why Reuben uh, wouldn't have wanted to, to kill Joseph? I, and I'm, by the way, I'm not saying there's a right and wrong answer here. I'm just curious to what you guys might think of. There's a few things that I've thought of, but I wanted to see what you guys would say. All right, his dad would so Reuben wanted to, didn't want to kill him because he didn't want his dad to find out that they ended up killing him, right? Very good. I, I can go with that. Sure, Jim. All right. And, and, and I feel like that was probably a good portion of it because later on when we find out uh, after he sold, I can't remember exactly what verse it is, but we have Reuben coming to his other brothers and saying, what should I do? You know? He's gone. How, how, what should I do? How can I go back and face my father, in a sense, is what he's saying. So I feel like that's a lot of what's going on here, but there might be other reasons here as well. Anything else? All right. Well, a couple of the other things that, that I thought about was, oh, the, uh, you know, when you think about the aspect of, uh, of what happened just uh, a chapter or two before this, where... Um, where his sister, uh, Diana, uh, uh, was raped and, and held up in, in, in this guy's house, in Shechem's house. You know, we have his brothers, uh, Simeon and Levi, who ended up going out and, and, and slaughtering all these uh, Shechemites and killing them. But we have no record or no uh, showing that Reuben was a part of this, this uh, bloodshed. And so... To some point, it makes me wonder, where I wonder if, if Reuben had it in his head or, or just didn't like the idea of shedding blood. You know, maybe he just really didn't like it. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just throwing out ideas here. And Right, right. A nice guy, didn't want to hurt anybody as far as Reuben. Absolutely, absolutely. That does make a good sandwich. <laughs> um. But, uh, but I was talking with someone last week, uh, and, and just like I said, I, I can't remember exactly what chapter it is, but we found out earlier, uh, before we get to this point, that Reuben had slept with his, one of his father's wives. And his father was really disappointed in him and ultimately took away the... Uh, the, the uh, firstborn um, rite of passage here uh, for, from him 
And it could be that this was a reason, the reason why Reuben was wanting to do this, to restore him back to his father, is to, to show himself as like a hero and, and may possibly restoring that back to him. Don't know exactly what it is. Uh, I tend to lean on more of the aspect of the older, older brother aspect just because of what we have written in the, in the rest of the text here. But it could be more going on along with the older brother aspect as well. But just wanted to throw that out there to you. Any other thoughts or comments on this passage before we pick up there in chapter tw- or in verse 25? No? All right. Well, going from verses 25 to 28, we have, And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on the way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is, is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brothers listened. Then the Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for the 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. All right. So the first thing that I I have to think about here when I read verse 25 is here we have his brothers. uh, they, they, They strip him of his coat, and they throw him in this pit. And what's the next thing they do? Man, I'm hungry. Let's sit down and have a meal, you know. And so here we have this, this, this thing going on. And obviously, uh, it, it, at least Reuben wasn't there uh, at the time or he wasn't involved in the conversation they were having while they were eating this meal uh, because of what we find uh, after this passage as far as him returning to the pit and not finding his brother there. Um, so I don't know if this was just uh, uh, Judah with, with maybe some of the other brothers, but maybe not all of them. I don't know to, to the extent of how many brothers was here, but apparently Reuben was not involved in this because uh, what we have later on, but we have them eating a meal uh, together and seeing these, these uh, people come up and wanting to trade them off. Uh, do you think that maybe uh, the things that Reuben might have said might have, uh, have have pulled at Judah's heart to some extent? When you when you read this this aspect, as far as you're not having not killing him, um, uh, for he is our brother and our flesh. Uh, I find it interesting that you're just a few verses prior. You're these brothers, which once again I don't know. Uh, to what extent, which, which brother pulled it down, and I can't remember 100%. I didn't read it over in its entirety this morning. I just kind of scanned over it this morning. But anyhow, uh, it could be that, that Judah was thinking about the things that Reuben had said. But uh, what we have them selling Joseph, though, to these uh, traders who were going to go down into Egypt uh, for some for some money, and I can't remember, 20 shekels of silver. So ultimately, each of them would have had two shekels of silver once they split it all up. But Yes, Jim? Brothers trading the, 
the, the, for 20 shekels of silver, which, yeah, I didn't bring it out at the beginning of, of this chapter, but there is uh, uh, something that I read about the correlation, or not necessarily the correlate, but the similarities, I guess you can say, as far as uh, what's going on here with Joseph and what we find of, of Jesus. Uh, as far as, and I can't remember all the different aspects. It was a couple weeks ago when I read over that. But I was like, ah, you, I didn't want to drag it out too long and what have you, but but very good aspect there, Jim. Yeah, I can see it, yeah. Uh, you know, Judah and Reuben would be of the uh, of the same family or, or clan is what you're referencing there as far as the four families because you had you know, four different mothers coming from all this, and Benjamin obviously wasn't, wouldn't have been with them uh, at this point in time, or at least out in the fields with them right now. Next set. Uh, verses 29 going down through 30. It says, Then Reuben returned to the pit, and indeed Joseph was not in the pit, and he tore his clothes and returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more, and where shall I go? So once again, here we have the idea of, of Reuben uh, thinking in his mind at least, or in, in very well could be the uh, year that more emphasis was put on Reuben after Joseph had come to him that, hey, it's your job to make sure everybody comes home safely. And here it is with him not coming home safely, you how am I going to be able to go back and stand before you know, my father? Yeah. And, uh, it, but once again, it could be that Reuben may have really uh, thought about how, how much his, uh, his father loved uh, Joseph here and the heartbreak that was going to come from it. But regardless, he was very distraught and very uh, um, concerned about how he was going to go back home without Joseph. Absolutely, going back to uh, a lot of what uh, Julie was saying over here as far as he was just a kind uh, uh, person, you know, didn't want to hurt anybody. Um, also shows that, that his his thoughts or his aspect of going back to get him was, you know, that wasn't something that was just put in there for nothing. He, he had a, a, that was his true desire. He was going to come back to get him as we see in this passage here. This was his intent. This is what he wanted to do, and this is what he was doing, uh, only to find that he's gone now. Anything else? Oh, very good. All right. Next uh, stint here, starting in verse 31, says, So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a goat, or killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the, in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors and then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought their brought it to their father, and said, "We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not?" And he recognized it, and said, "It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces." Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters arose and comforted him. He refused to be comforted and said, For I shall go down into my grave to my, uh, 
into, into the grave to, to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. So when Reuben's you know, going back to his brother, he says, how am I going to be able to face my father? What do they do? They already had this plan in mind. What was it? Faked his death? Well, they had to, to kill a, a goat, which in, brings to my mind the fact that a sacrifice had to be made. You know, we had to kill a kid of the goats so that we could dip this coat into its blood. So there was a sacrifice made to be able to fake this death, uh, to show a uh, some type of, of blood being on it. Um, and another interesting aspect here is when they bring it to their father, they don't say, do you know if this is our brother's tunic, does he? They said, do you know if this is your son's tunic? You know, they didn't want to classify them, him as being their brother at this time because of what they had done. They didn't want to, uh, to have that on them, or at least in their mind. Um, but... You know, it's, it's interesting, though, that they didn't say, you know, we found this tunic. You know, I think it might be our brother's, and, man, I wonder if, I wonder if a wild beast tore him up. No, all they did was presented it to him. And he, when it's, once he saw the coat, he knew for a fact that that was the coat that he gave to Joseph, and, he, and they allowed him to come to his own conclusions of what happened um, to him. And, and as we see, uh, there is definitely mourning going along here. Uh, See where he had tore his clothes, put sackcloth around his waist, and mourned for him. Um, and, and great mourning here. This wasn't just something that he just kind of mourned for a little bit and was over it. As we'll see uh, later on, even, that, uh, that he's still mourning for him. Uh, when we see the brothers going back to Egypt for the second time to buy grain later on uh, in chapter 44, uh, we have, because when, during the second time, if you remember right, they had to bring Benjamin, uh, which would have been Joseph's younger brother, you know, from Rachel here. And, uh, and we see how close uh, Jacob had, had gotten to Benjamin, how he wouldn't let him out of his sight. And, and they ended up having to tell Jacob, their father, say, look, we can't go to Egypt and buy grain again without Benjamin. We've got to take him. And so it was with, with deep uh, uh, sorrow that, they, that he let him go. And, uh, but one other interesting aspect that I wanted to point out about that aspect, when they go to, um, to Egypt for that second time, is that if you, and I wanted to point it out here because um, of, the, of what's going on, it was uh, Judah who had suggested to sell them. Right over into slave or over to the these Ishmaelites, um, but yet in chapter forty-four and verse twenty-two, after uh, when in if if you don't remember it a hundred percent, I'm not going to go into extreme detail. But ultimately, uh, Benjamin would have been put to death because of the cup that was found in his sack, uh, and they'd come back and. The, the thought here or the, what was going to happen or what they had said was going to happen was going to be that whoever's cup was in or whoever sack the cup was in was going to end up being put to death. And it was found in Benjamin's, 
They come back, and here, in, in, like I said, in chapter 44 and verse 22, we find Judah pleading, ultimately with Joseph, he didn't know it at the time, but pleading with Joseph, saying, let me take his place. So here we have Judah going full circle from uh, selling his brother Joseph into, into slavery to sticking up for Benjamin, saying, I cannot face my father without him ultimately wanted to take Benjamin's place for it. But I thought that was pretty significant and wanted to point that out at this time because of the aspect that it was Judah that had made mention of selling him. Uh, one other thing here that I wanted to, to point out here in chapter, or in verse 35 here, is that we do find out that because it says, and all his sons and all his daughters, uh, daughters being plural there, so Jacob obviously had more daughters than just the one, Diana, that we read about uh, a couple chapters ago. But yet he had others to go along with it. That's what we talked about anyhow, but just wanted to point that out. But any other thoughts or comments up to that point? So ultimately, continually be in mourning until he dies. All right. Very good. All right. Well, the last verse of this chapter says, now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh and captain of the guard. So ultimately, it, it doesn't leave us hanging as far as the end of the chapter or at the end of this chapter as far as what happens uh, to, to Joseph when he gets into Egypt, but they sell him over to Potiphar, which we'll pick up more on that in, in chapter 39, what we've got chapter 38 that we're going to hit before we get to that. Anything else? All right. Well, we're going to see what we can do in the next 11 minutes to get through this this next chapter. And if we don't get through it, we don't get through it. But it is uh, it's interesting, none the least, uh, because of, of the where it comes about. Uh, and I'm might talk about that today. We'll see. Uh, well, I'll probably talk about it here in the first little bit. But um, just to kind of open us up, we're going to read the first five verses, and we'll have a little bit of comment on that. Chapter thirty-eight says it came to pass. <clears throat> it came to pass at that time that Judah departed from his brothers and visited a certain Adolamite, whose name was Hera. And Judah saw, saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose, whose name was Shua. And he married her and went into her. So she conceived and bore a son and called his name Ur. She conceived again, bore a son, and called his name Onan. She conceived again, yet again and bore a son and called his name Shelah. Uh, he, was, he was at whatever the name of that place is, when she bore him. Um, like I said, this it, it kind of changes pace because you know, we're, we're not continually following Joseph here at this point, but we're going to uh, flip over and talk about uh, Judah here for a little bit and what happens as far as you know, him finding a wife and, 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 and what all happens here. Uh, 
my first thought when I was going through this and, and thinking about it, well, let me just bring it out to you. Well, why do you think it might have happened that we had this chapter right here at this point in time? I mean, just reading what you know now, you might know more about what's going on in the chapter later on, but why do you think we might have this right here? I mean, there's, there's a few different ways that we can look at this, but why do you think we have this chapter right here at this point in time? All right, some, in, some information on why Judah didn't get the birthright. All right. To begin with, my thought, when we, was, when we look at the first part of this and it talks about it, it came to pass that at that time Judah departed from his brothers. Uh, it, it made me think about what we just had happen. It made me think about how that we just had you know, them selling Joseph off, coming back to his father, expressing to his father what had just happened, his father going into great mourning, and here we have Judah departing from his brothers. Um, so it, it makes me wonder if the situation there, you know, around, around Jacob and, and what all happened there is a reason on why he ended up departing from his brothers. The, the, the dread of guilt that he might have had by suggesting the aspect of, of selling him off to, to these, these Ishmaelite or Midianite traders. Uh, just that, that was just my thought when I, when I came upon this and was studying over this and, and just wanted to see what you guys thought about it. But that was my initial thought. And so I thought, well, maybe that's why we have this at this point in time. Um, I mean, obviously we have something going on with the, the uh, aspect as far as the uh, reason why he didn't get the birthright. Um, and I think... As we read through this, we'll have another reason and on why it's, it's, we have this, this account here in, the, in, in Genesis, um, and we'll talk about that later. But, um, but anyhow, any other thoughts or comments on that or as far as that aspect? Now, what we also have here, we find Judah going down to an, a Dolomite, uh, which I don't know a lot about Adolamites here. Uh, the the wording there comes up uh, a couple more times in the Old Testament, but I don't I don't know if it how that all translates. I didn't go through and study all of that, but we have this guy uh, whose name Hiera uh, that we find later on down in verse twelve. Yes, in verse 12, he's called uh, Judah's friend. Um, so it, it's, it's a friend that Judah has here, whether or not he became friends with him uh, at, before this time period or during this time period. Uh, we have this guy who he went to stay with or visited with, and he saw a daughter uh, of a certain Canaanite person here. So he goes and... and marries his Canaanite. Now, my version in verse 2 said he married her. Uh, I think the NIV says he married her. But a lot of the other versions just say he took her. Um, and I don't know if there's a, a big significance there, but I find it interesting that they say that he took her because we read of nothing as far as where he uh, had proposed um, a, a bride price or, or had went back and talked with Jacob about it or even 
really talked with his with her father about it. So I mean, I don't really know if there's a huge significance there, but I just thought I'd point that out and, and bring that up. Anybody know of anything there? Jim, anything? Um, but anyhow, we do find her, find him marrying because it, it does talk about his wife later on. But he he marries her, uh, and it's a Canaanite uh, woman. So you know, here we have this idea, and, and also makes you wonder whether or not Jacob had really expressed too much about you know, not marrying you know, within these these people here, and, and whether or not they knew much about their uncle uh, Esau and the aspects there as far as marrying some of these Canaanite women. But anyhow, he marries this woman. She bears him three sons. And once again, I find it interesting that, uh, that Judah names the firstborn and, and the, his wife names the second and third and uh, what have you. But, so he has three sons ultimately. Any thoughts or comments? I don't want to get too bogged down. Yes. So are you, all right. Now, are you saying that, because I'd wondered this, because it says, you, so Shuha was the, was the wife's name? Okay. Right, all right. Because it, when I first read verse 2, I thought, well, all right, a certain Canaanite whose name was Shuha, and he married her. But then when you read on down to the passage, it talks about, in verse 12, it says, now the, in the process of time, the daughter of Shuha, or Shuna, however you pronounce that, uh, Judah's wife, uh, had died. So, I, right, Canaanite, all right. So, anyhow, uh, but very good thing. And you said that was the, so possibly the, mm-hmm, and he stayed with her. Um. But real quick, we've got a couple minutes left. Verses 6 and 7 says, Then Judah took uh, a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and, and her name was Tamar. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord killed him. All right. What's, what's, I, I hate standing up here preaching too much. But what's some things that, that we might pull out of here in these, first, in these next couple of verses here in 6 and 7? Pretty pretty bad person for just you know, killing him. Absolutely, I'd I'd have to go with that. And and we, mm-hmm, yep. Uh, so he was wicked and he was killed. Absolutely, and that's definitely interesting. Um, I thought it was interesting that it was you know, because Judah. Which not that that wasn't interesting. I did find that interesting as well. I'm not trying to discount that, <laughs> but that was one of the things that I had in my mind. Uh, but the other thing was um, how that in verse 6 it says that Judah took a wife for his firstborn son. Or, you know, here we had, to begin with, we had Judah coming over into this region, and he had, had taken this, this uh, Canaanite woman and, and married her. And, but yet here he goes out and finds a wife and, gives, or, and, and gets her for his firstborn son. It wasn't that his firstborn son had went out and found this woman and said, yeah, this is going to be my wife. You know, he, he chose a, a wife for his firstborn. But anything else there? Our time is up, and I was going to, but any other comments on that? Though? All right, we'll pick up there uh, two weeks from now.